0: school no man we going to the game room what do you mean to the arcade you guys need to be in school trying to get an education tell you what i'll take you guys to school are we going to ride in women's thing no we're going to walk uh-uh Let tell you what we're going to do we're going to step It's you who will do drop kicks, fighting punches, then a backbop. Pro Wrestling Spotlight, presented by Hami Media and the Pro Wrestling Reflection, where we discuss the very best of the best in pro wrestling history. And what's it gonna do when Hulkamania in the largest arms in the world revolve on you?
1: The two soundest wrestlers in the World Wrestling Federation, maybe in the history of the World Wrestling Federation, are right here, right now. Mr. Perfect and the exclusive of execution, the Hitman.
0: WrestleMania weekend isn't complete without the Heartbreak Kid, and he is on his way. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. They think they got the answers, I change the question. You will rest in peace. Get used to it in Ric Flair, who you're looking at, the man. who The nights. what is going on there, the devito the harmony knights, all the ites, the Magnificent the 7, the Elite 8, the 99, the Terrific 10 the Essential 11, the Tubular 12, the Toxic 13, the Fluorescent 14, the Fabulous 15, the Sensational 16, the Sexualized 17, all the Reflectionites out there, what's going on to the Dems the Repems, What's going on to the Ukrainites, the Russianites, all the ice in the world. What's going on to the Hermaphrodites? What's going on to the Irites? The, the Israelites. <laughs> but okay, I'm going on a harangue. It's okay, it's okay. Because I'm kind of excited here, Reflectionites. I'm kind of excited to do this spotlight And before anything It is a PWR spotlight It is a special spotlight Before I delve into that Into more details I must introduce myself because I am so vain like that You know, again When I introduce myself I get 5 years younger But if I introduce myself well I get 8 years younger So you know what, I get 8 years younger I lose a little bit of the belly The the penis growth gets a little bit bigger But So I must introduce myself so gloriously right now. So indulge me. (laughs) Reflectionites. I am the most charismatic one. I am the most effervescent one. I am the most stupendous one. But most importantly, I am the most glorious one. Shit, it grew. The only objective man in the IWC, YWC, PwC, Punditry. The only objective man in this political spectrum. Your friend of mine, the Professor Chabel Cruz, And I'm not here alone. No, 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 no. Because when I introduce this man, he gets eight years younger. The pop belly gets slimmer. And he grows a couple inches in, in his you-know-what. But neither here nor there. He is your friend of mine. Dr. Frankenstein. Stein. dumb dumb do It's own Mr. Wonderful.
2: Howdy, how are you doing, my friend? And you're
1: gyrating a action figure right now. So, I always want to add a Miz figure to my collection. He's
2: unsung, he's underrated. He, I don't know if
1: he's untapped potential. He's two time Grand Slam champion, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I opened Basics, and so I saw this figure on eBay for $6, and it was $6.36 shipped. Mm-hmm. Well, when I got it home, I found out. You know why it was only 6$? Why was this $6? arm? This arm is a basic. This arm is this nonsense. It's a flex force figure and the legs mm-hmm. bend like this but they don't bend anywhere
2: else. It's but this is good gear. This is this is a good look Miz right here. That so, that that looks like Mania when he fought Cena or at least that year.
1: Right. Well, it's where he lost to Bobby Lashley too. When he won oh, okay. the belt And then lost to Lashley Like a day later Or whatever
2: Okay no, um, the, pandi- the pandemic news
1: Yeah uh, okay. Because there's a two-pack of that And I don't want to pay mm-hmm. $23.99 for the two-pack When I already got Bobby Lashley I don't need two Bobby Lashley's I got a whole wall of shit over here Where I got mm-hmm. two of people And I don't want to mm-hmm. be like My buddy Sean in Canada And sell stuff when I get new stuff But i can going to have no choice, man There's limited space But today My buddy Chris Valentino And his wife are on a Long Trek across the United States. They're Canadian. Um, um, and he stops at all the toy stores he runs. He's in Wyoming right now. And he found the Cody Rhodes Funko Pop, which I got this Funko Pop that I didn't even know existed until last week. And now mm-hmm. I own it. That's Utrid. Um, and he found Cody Rhodes. So I went to Walmart today and I found this guy.
2: You found an MJF.
1: Walmart exclusive. Mm. Boom, boom, boom. Kiss the ring. Nice, but
2: they, have him, and your favorite wrestler, Wardlow. Every every favorite wrestler you 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 name for me is not my favorite wrestler, but neither here <laughs> nor there.
0: Roman, but Roman, but but anyway, this is not an unboxing. This is not a revealing episode here for the Nights, for the for the twelve that ride or die for us. We are doing a special PWR spotlight. And what makes this
2: special is because of the two words we say all the time here for the many
0: years on this podcast and TW what are those two special words untapped potential absolutely I said. right and
2: absolutely correct and it was apropos because I've called this
0: man the most underrated the most uh I'm not going to say misused but you know he is the effervescence of
2: untapped potential. His full potential was realized in one organization in my humble opinion, maybe two if you count Japan, but I will say ECW.
0: He was recognized there. The other places, not so much, but you saw a glimpse of, you know, what could have been. And I am talking about one of my favorites, from the 90s. One of my favorites of all time. He is on my number one. I've always, I've had these discussions with T.W., I've had discussions with the executive producer extraordinaire where we always said Untapped Potential. I've always had him number one on my list. (laughs) Two, cold Scorpio. So before anything, before we get into the
2: logistics, before I even say his government name and all that stuff, I just want to say this, T.W., because again, this man epitomizes Untapped Potential. And what's What's so great about Two Cold Scorpio, not even anything, because I know that you have stories about Two Cold Scorpio, just like you kind of sprinkled in on the last episode of the PWR podcast. I just want to say this. For all the stuff in 2020, for all the stuff that's happened maybe in the last 20 years with the evolution of pro wrestling, hybrid style wrestling, you know, wrestlers that are all pomp and circumstance. But forget about the psychology. To Cole Scorpio, in my humble opinion, maybe you might have a different take on this. Maybe, you know, when people say that wrestling is an artwork, you know, the, it's the beauty of the artwork of wrestling. When he did it in the 90s, it was so
0: fluid. It was so beautiful. It didn't feel like rushed. It didn't feel like, oh, he was doing like 15 Kuna Karana's, he, he was not getting his shit in. It made sense. It was fluid. It was beautiful. If you were sitting in the Army in the 90s to watch a two-cold Scorpio match, if you were sitting
2: in the 90s in ECW watching a two-cold Scorpio match, match, you'll know what I know. You'll see what I saw. It was just fluid. It was just beautiful. So what say UTW about two-cold Scorpio? Because, again, he's one of the reasons for where we were with him in the 90s, the evolution of wrestling, you know, again, I'm not going to say bigger, stronger, but faster, more fluid, more athletic. He's one of the main reasons why.
1: He, uh, so funny, I forgot to mention this last week when we were talking about doing this show. He's the one, he's the first name, as we called him in the locker room, uh, Uh that I asked to watch my show or match, and he did. We were the first match that night. He was the last match uh, against Sabu. Uh, I also, for one night only, wrestled as the Dream Date Tommy Wonder because my wrestling name was Too Hot Tommy Wonder, and I didn't want him to think that... I was stealing his shit, so instead I didn't even ask him. I just went up. I said, "Hey, tonight I'm dream date Tommy Wonder. Not too hot, Tommy Wonder," because I didn't want him to think it was any way, shape, or form disrespectful to him. But I have a question for you. But I was watching it, and I always thought he had a different name, right? He, he like too cold Scorpio. It almost like I guess it's like growing up in the hood, like when people had nicknames. But for wrestling, it was like there's no alliteration. It was just whatever. But do you think? Or maybe you know. Scorpio Sky names himself
2: Scorpio Sky because he was a fan of Too Cold Scorpio. It would be it would behoove Scorpio Sky to at least pay homage. Because to I was Calavera
1: Cortez, and everyone thought because around here, Ricky Cortez was a big deal in the uh Dusty Road chic days. I didn't know who he was. So when mm-hmm. I met the guy, I just Played it off like, yeah, yeah, heck yeah, man, Michigan, whatever. I wanted to use a name when they made me use a last name. I wanted some heritage. I I didn't say all that, but I went with it when other people said it.
2: Well, you know what? I can say that he's old enough to
1: have been a fan of Scorpio is my point. He's old
2: enough to have been a fan. And, of course, there's a West Coast connection. I know two-coast Scorpio, again, if we go logistically, logistically, Two Cold Scorpios from Denver, Colorado, or was born in okay. Denver, Colorado. I know that Scorpio Sky wrestled exclusively on the West Coast with the Young Bucks and the PWG area, Sacramento, all that stuff. So, of course, California, Colorado is a couple of hours away. So, there has to be some kind of connection of 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 knowledge and and knowing the history of Two Cold Scorpios. So, or he could just
1: was, that could have been his favorite wrestler when he was coming up. Who knows? It could have.
2: Look how much. Look how much Johnny Gargano. I mean, you're hand. asking me the variation of Scorpio's name, right? I mean, it yeah, could have been T O O. It could have been the number two, or it could have just been Scorpio. I remember from for one kind of like timeline. I don't know if it was WWE who did, that did this. They just called him Scorpio because they just wanted to hi- you know shorten it down. But again, neither here nor there. Go it ahead.
1: Can't be I'm WWE because he flashed on for a minute, and I think he went back to ECW after that.
2: No, you did, but I, I remember that WWE, you know, kind of put the kibosh on the funk gimmick, but we'll get into yeah. that later. But I
1: want to say this, because you because I know ECW, obviously, they use him well. It's how he made his name for himself. It's how he got signed to both companies that he went to in the first place. But I did not know about 2 Scorpio and ECW, and because, again, I didn't watch it. Um mm-hmm. For many reasons. One, of which I didn't know how to watch it. And two, I didn't think it was for me. And, you know, I've already said a million times on this show, I was wrong. I wish I would have watched it. Um, as a matter of fact, that match I sent you, I found so easy on YouTube where I was the first match and he was the last match. That crowd, that video, everything about it, it looks exactly like every ECW video you ever send me. It was the same type of fan base. Um, we had ECW guys coming through here every damn show I did. It was Sabu, Taz, Dreamer. Scorpio only did one. Uh, Mm -hmm. Mick Foley actually didn't meet until Ohio. But these guys all came through here. I'm pretty sure Sandman came through once or twice. But Paulie was here often because he was either here with Taz, here with Sabu, here with Dreamer. But Scott and him were friends. So I don't know if Scott's the reason he came here or if that's how they became friends. But anyway, I digress. But WCW Mm -hmm. is where I became a fan of his, and I was a big fan of his. And he, it's funny because every I can't not see it. It's going to sound like I'm ribbing him, but it's Mm -hmm. every time I see him, just his face, he reminds me when Martin was Roscoe on the Martin Lawrence show, and I can't (laughs) unsee it because he reminds me of Martin, which is probably why
2: when I first saw because because of the ears and the the hair and and the flat
1: top, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because he doesn't really look like Martin, but the, the uh-huh. look, like that late 80s, early 90s look. And uh-huh. so one of my all-time favorite shows of all time is Martin. And so I just immediately liked him. And, and, and you know, you try to, I don't know what the word is, not justify or, or uh, defend. Because I don't know if it needs defending, especially because uh-huh. he's done worse things. And it wouldn't be the first time someone tried to bring a 70s gimmick to a a 90s wrestling. But when I watch Flash Funk, I think to myself, "Ah, like, of course, what popped through my head? You couldn't do that today. Unless it was his idea, right? Which you never know. No, that was
2: Vince's idea.
1: No, no, for sure, right? Mm -hmm. Because he did it again with with, uh, Funkasaurus, whatever. But you could tell, like, especially the match you had me watch, Vince was all in on it. Like, Vince, he didn't do it to mock him. He did it because he would... And we know he loves his sisters now. So he watched them come by with him, too. And they were both a couple hotties. But Mm -hmm. I take my hat off to him because, like I always say, they give you lemons, make lemonade. He really didn't do much more. He did all them dance moves and stuff in WCW. He just didn't have the pimp outfit. That's the thing that's kind of like, ouch, you know. Mm -hmm. But there were people in the 70s dressed like that that were not pimps. I just don't understand why so many people go back to that gimmick. Like, leave the 70s dead. It was a horrible time to be in. It's a horrible time to bring back bring back neon pink and green 80s shit. Don't bring back bell bottoms and goldfish you in your you don't like
2: You don't like dolomite? You don't like huggy bear? No, That's I like timeless. the shit.
1: I don't like the fashion I'm talking about. I don't oh. mind the stuff that you watch. I don't mm-hmm. hate the Bee Gees. I just don't want to look at people dressed like that. It's, it was a horrible... Like the '80s had some suspicious fashions, all right. There's no doubt about it. But yes. '70s, as long most, as you're
2: cons- as long as you're consistent with saying there are suspicious fashions in every decade, every I with you. The 100%. '90s as yes. well.
1: The, yeah. the '90s almost took the '80s shit and ramped it up, and then but, and then it went to grunge. But uh, it had no choice. It went mm-hmm. so flamboyant, it had to come back to lumberjack. But but anyways. I really, really liked him in WCW when he came to WWF. I, this is one of the first ones where, because now you're talking, remember before I told you, I didn't watch anything but WWE until around 88, 89, right? So mm-hmm. I didn't know when people got new names. I didn't know. And then the people that I did know when they came in didn't get a new name. Terry Funk was still Terry Funk. Rick Flair was still Rick Flair. But f- Flash Funk, I never forget. I was like... That's fucking terrible. Like, what's, what's wrong with two Tucco Scorpio? But again, Flash Funk, alliteration. And I will say this in that match, I think Vince McMahon had big plans for him. For whatever reason, it didn't last long. He was gone quick. But
2: I think. I, that, I, I will get into that okay. timeline and I will explain certain but things he, that happened to he,
1: him. He, he had a fan in him in Vince McMahon. I absolutely believe that. I believe he loved his work ethic. And I think he had big plans for him and Shawn Michaels. Because he kept mentioning Shawn Michaels and the movesets and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And they would have had a banger if those two would have been main event matches.
2: Well, since you talk about the move sets, Like I said, too Col Scorpio, he wasn't the first. But he was one of the first that you would see on American television Really using the top rope to his advantage, and what I said it's fluid and it's beautiful it again, he wasn't doing fifteen hundred flying cross super bodies hips. right well he did super kicks, but it, everything had, everything had purpose, everything was thought out well thought out well planned so t w before we even get into the timeline of his career, why don't we talk about from what you saw, even in that match with Sabu a little bit, but I don't, you don't even have to say who won or lost. It's not about that. I just want to get into his match styling per se, because again, he's one of the first, you know, the 450 slash. That was him to use the ropes and springboard. He was one of the first, I'm not saying he was the absolute first, but you know, on American television, especially with WCW and WWE, when, when you're in America and you see that, Tuko Scorpio is one of the first 10 that you can say off the top of your dome. Oh, that was the first guy I really saw him doing that. You know, you can, we could always talk about Snucker with the top rope splash. We could always talk about Muda with the moon salts when you saw it on American television. But fluidity wise, Scorpio was one of the first to really like hanker down on the aerial assaults. What say you about that? Well,
1: dude, he was not only one of the first ones to do that, that 450, right? Mm -hmm. Right. This motherfucker landed with a leg drop like, first of all, I can't feel good. And he started out backwards. He went mm-hmm. backwards, turned around, flip, and then landed with a leg drop, um, on the goon match. And I just thought, fuck. I'm like, no, oh, he must not have done that often because, or long because dude, that the pressure of landing on your butt like that. That's why I, n- I never did one leg drop anywhere other than standing because mm-hmm. believe it or not. And I think I said this on here before and Hogan said it, it wrecks your body it does it looks like the easiest thing to take as a as a guy laying there for sure but people don't realize the impact you're putting on your spine hulk hogan said when he started wrestling he was six foot nine and from the years of doing that he's now six foot five he compressed his spine four inches from doing that leg drop and it looks like the easiest move in the history Of the wrestling business. That's not a punch or a kick, right? So Mm -hmm. this guy's doing somersaults and all this stuff and landing with a leg drop. And there's two guys that wrestle now that are a little long in the tooth. Also from my era, same era as two Scorpio, which he does it differently. But one of them's Jericho. The other one's Christian. Actually, Cody does it too, where a guy's on the outside of the ring, whether it's on the apron or the floor, Mm -hmm. they run and jump on the corner and springboard off the corner out of the ring to the floor and too did it by jump he did an extra part he jumped on the corner jumped over to the outside of the rope and then sprung off the rope that way the second rope not even the top rope and it was so fluid like you said that you're just like this dude did it naturally i i he probably practiced as far as learning it but i bet you he did that at will and it's almost like uh morrison john morrison uh-huh. Tuco Scorpio has to do parkour. There's no doubt in my mind that that dude's just not walking down the street and see shit and goes bloop, 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 just to do it. Because uh-huh. he's that athletic. And that and and I said to you before we started recording, people don't realize he's a big dude. He's not like he's not Mike Awesome big, but Mike Awesome did one or two things. Scorpio did it every match, all match, did something that made him look Like he weighed 120 pounds, and yet he's about 240,
2: 250. Right. So let's get into the logistics of two cold Scorpio. There's certain names that, you know, that sprung out. It was two with the number two Reflectionites, it was two with T O O. He also had the Flash Punk, like we talked about. He was also known as Flying Scorpio. He was also known as Scorpio. And in Japan, he was known as the Black Wazuma. So again, I'm just going to give you some names right there. But. His government name, Reflectionites, is Charles Bernard Skaggs, if you did not know that. Born in October 25th, 1965, from Denver, Colorado. And again, what, what the funny thing, T.W., again, we'll, we'll talk about his chronology in the 90s, you could say, is, you even said it, he's he's stocky, but he's almost six foot. He's like 5'11", maybe six foot, maybe 6'1". 235 to maybe 245 pounds in a day and age in 2023 where like 50 guys are like five foot eight weighing 185 pounds and are on on monday night raw and AEW and all this stuff and all the other indie promotions Two cole scorpio with what he did He, he looked like a badass let's say before we even get into this i mean He wasn't 185 pounds. He was 235 to maybe 245 pounds doing the beautiful shit. So listen,
1: you know, I always got to bring it to modern day. Someone who I thought was a monster, who I thought was massive, who I thought would be like, this guy would be better suited in WWE than than AEW. I found out last week I I was completely wrong. And that's Wardlow. Mm -hmm. I thought Wardlow was like, what's his name? Braun Strowman size, right? And then mm-hmm. someone I know on Facebook took a picture with him in the parking lot. And the guy that I know is about five, three, five, four.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Wardlow wasn't that much. He was six, but I thought Wardlow was way bigger, but because he's in AEW, he looks bigger than he actually is. And I'm mm-hmm. not trying to knock their roster. Half my favorite wrestlers are there and they're little Adam Cole, Roderick Strong's there now. I, And I'm little, I'm, I would the last thing I'm gonna do is mock people for being smaller. But we're talking what a difference then and now. Because Wardlow probably isn't much bigger than Scorpio, was the reason I brought him up. And mm-hmm. if Scorpio was there, he'd be a super heavyweight. He couldn't get in the main event slot
2: because they would Do, do you him got hair on your guy. in your mouth that you try to get out? I, I don't know what the fuck it was. I got
1: it. <laughs> but uh I'm in a basement, man. It's probably dust or spider oh, okay. eggs.
2: But, uh, I'm sorry, to the audio reflection, I couldn't resist acting because like, me, man. he is talking, and it's like, it's like <laughs> I thought it was like after sex, you know, you had something like, you had some pubes in your head.
1: Ah, you're the one with something you have, in your mouth there, not me. I'm just,
2: but go yeah. on, finish your well, diatribe.
1: But, mm-hmm. but he wouldn't get put in the main event scene in AEW because they only put guys in there that are the same size as the other guy, so they don't look little, because Wardlow should be killing everybody there, right? But now yeah. look at Scorpio in 1993. He's one of the small guys. It's insane how wrestling has transitioned the other way, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we're supposed to be getting bigger as people with all the steroids in the chicken. But no, these dudes are getting smaller. But they're all athletic. I'm a fan of them, so I'm not knocking any of them. But it's amazing what you are in 93 is what you would be in 2023. Yes, it's 30 years later. I can't believe you sent me a match that was from this year. I was like, whoa. (laughs) And the other day, I saw your boy RVD, and I thought he looked fatter than I've ever seen him. But I think it was the suit made him look that way. Because he looked Mm -hmm. great in the match you sent me. And so did uh, Too Cold. And when I read NZO, I thought it was Nunzo. So I literally thought I was going to be watching some ECW from 92. And then I'm like, what the fuck, 2003? And here's a a little fun fact for Mm you. The night before I went to the Great American Bash and worked for seconds with Terry Taylor, I was wrestling in that building that you, actually it wasn't that building because that was a high school, but that town, Chillicothe, Ohio, I wrestled in against Turbo, one of the twin freedom fighters that were in WCW for three minutes, uh, okay. and re- I replaced, uh, do you remember Chris Carter from uh, Bruiser Bedlam Wrestling or whatever that stuff was with Eddie Creechman, all that stuff from Canada. But anyway, I, I can't remember what it's called. Steve Strong, uh, mm-hmm. Muhammad Jihad Saad, Calypso Jim, all that stuff. But anyways, I saw the
2: Chili Coffee, Ohio.
1: That was a Bobby Fulton show. Did you know mm-hmm.
2: that? No, I did not know that. Yeah, wow. Chili
1: Coffee, Ohio is in the middle of nowhere. It's between Indiana and Dayton because it's close to the border of Ohio. So I would say somewhere. It's not far from Lima, Ohio. And I saw that. and I thought, wow. What, I, I was happy to, because I see Bobby pushing stuff on Facebook all the time, and I was like, it's good to see him draw, because he puts a lot of names on there. You know you got a lot of names when one of your matches is too cold, and uh, RVD and Nunzo and a triple threat, that means nothing. Cuz well, no not Enzo,
2: Enzo Amore,
1: you know that.
2: Jesus. But man. I call
1: him Nunzo, I, I, yeah. same thing. And by the way, oh, you yeah, look yeah, great yeah. in that match. He looked like yeah, right that, man. He was 23. But,
2: but we're not going into the present. We're going into the past we're, right now. i are just talking so. matches. We're just I, know, I, know, I know. I know. I know. We are. We we. You know how the reflection actually you know us. We can't start from the beginning to the end.
1: I do have a Flash punk figure. It's the only one I think that's ever been made of him. Um, mm-hmm. ironically, it's horrible. It looks like mm-hmm. he should come with an astronaut helmet because he's got a uh like bumper car like metallic blue jumpsuit on with powder blue things on it and he had the pimp hat i lost mm-hmm. the hat but it's in my garage but i'm gonna dig it out i'm gonna right. i'm gonna make this vow to the, to the reflection ice all 13 of them when the weather breaks i'm gonna go in my garage and anyone that's not in this room in figure form i'm gonna grab their jacks figure and put it in my room because uh it looks like i don't want certain people in my room but no they just don't make figures of them and too cold scorpio would be in this room
2: all right so you know like i said charles bernard skaggs From Denver, Colorado, he's fifty-seven years old. My goodness, Jesus Christ! Still flipping and still flipping. That's that's one of the one things. But anyway, he started wrestling reflection nights in nineteen eighty-five. You know, in the highways and byways, and it was legendary, Hall of Famer. Well, New Japan Hall of Famer, All Japan Hall of Famer. TW eighty-five. Yeah, eighty-five. He would have been a teenager in the late 80s, twenties, twenties. In in the late eighties, he because of Big Van Vader, a new Japan Hall of Famer, he convinced him to trek out there so to make his money, to make a name for himself. So I just wanted to lay that out right now for everybody cuz he started you know, you could say he he paid his dues the hard way, wrestling in Japan, wrestling in Mexico, wrestling in Europe. It wasn't a popular thing in the 80s TW, not like it was in the 2000s and the right. 2010s like the young bucks made it. You know, it's where veterans went to die. Yeah. So, you know, too Scorpio paid his dues the hard way in the eighties, but made a comfortable living. So he didn't have to depend on, you know, WWF money. He didn't have to depend on WCW money, but because he was making a name for himself in the, in the uh, late eighties, early nineties, one of the matches I got you to watch was actually a new Japan slash all Japan match. And one of his greatest, you could say, rivals, because he fought him not only in Japan, T.W., but he also fought him in WCW, was Chris Benoit, the Crippler, Chris Benoit. So I know you didn't like the match, per se, because of the commentary, because you didn't understand, you know, what they were saying. I get that part. So we can, you know, throw that to the side. But you are a wrestler, and you saw the movesets, and you saw how, you know, the the difference between American fans and Japanese fans took to these two guys, and you know these are two light light heavyweights, but they made they they killed each other. You could say they were physical. So what say about that match? Didn't matter that Chris Benoit won. Don't get me wrong. nice T W always gets on me because I always try to. I can't find a lot of I think he when I want every single match. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's that, that's the thing. But anyway, <laughs> it's not about one. that. It's not about that. It's about the how Beautiful the match was, but the the atmosphere of the Japanese fan base. What's this is a be
1: perfect match to watch if you can get past the commentator? Which, by the way, didn't bother me because I actually sat down and ate my lunch and watched it. You know, um, I think I no, I ate a plum pear or something, I don't, but I watched okay. it and I'm like, you know what, I'm actually gonna watch the match because we're not doing a show where we're covering storylines or whatever. So, I actually watched the match. Um, I think it was. 19 minutes or 15 minutes long whatever but mm-hmm. it, first thing f- to say is f- for anyone who is stuck in this what well, they flipped in the 90s too to defend the current wrestling right and again it's okay to critique stuff. It's not... If you're shitting on it, that's not okay, right? Then mm-hmm. that, then you're probably never, ever going to come around on it in the first place. Just don't watch it. It's not for you. I say that to the people that criticize WWE every time they do anything with the... I don't even watch that shit. yet. Yeah, they know everything about it. So right. the AEW, the difference with this modern wrestling flippity shit, whatever they call it. I'm not calling it that. The difference is, go watch this match. Because Tuko Scorpio, Chris Benoit, Pegasus' kid... They do all that flippy shit too. But you know what else they do in this match? Armbars, reversals, monkey flips, sunset flips, suplexes, punches, kicks, clotheslines, and then they do all their flippy shit. But they do it when it means something, when it matters. And by the way, I just talked about it. This year, Tuco Scorpio, who's 58 years old, is still wrestling guys like RVD and Nunzo and or whatever the Enzo, Enzo still wrestling him still looks good because he's not in a wheelchair like unfortunately some of these guys are going to be in if they don't t- take it back a bit it's funny that I would show MJF because that was the big the big internet wrestling community losing their shit over his his tweet that tweet he made and deleted is because he cares about some of these guys right he's saying it because uh-huh. listen man someone's got to tell these guys and I'm going to bring him up again. The, the, the guy from the tag team, the high flyers, whatever they're called. That dude's probably done. Dante or whatever.
2: Dante Martin, yes.
1: He's the other one. The, the other brother got hurt first, right? Now it's Dante. Darius hurt. is back, is is
2: Yeah. Show. But he hurt himself. But you make him. it a crusade to keep him talking about top flight every week. This no, is the I, third I'm week in a row.
1: I'm gonna get him over, Dan. I, I hope I so. like
2: him, right? But mm-hmm. but but look
1: what he did. And and he wasn't even doing the move. He took the move and he hurt himself because of what risk they took doing it, right? Um and not to say guys back then didn't do a risk because I'll talk about one of the guys the match I sent you at the end of that match it's over
2: and you talk about wait you talk about risk you I mean this first match in Japan right, again right, he right. took risk going doing a moonsault. I say moonsault outside there is no pads right. There's no pads and, outside
1: and he done that in the goon match and goon barely caught him he lands. Stomach first on concrete So I'm not saying Mm -hmm. they didn't take risks They just didn't take 72 of them They didn't get up and go, All right, I didn't die that time Let's see if I can die on this one But Mm -hmm. Sabu, after every every match I ever did a show with him I don't know if he did this in ECW I'm going to assume he did it I don't know if he did it when you went and saw local shows or whatever This dude I think he only did it if he didn't put someone through a table He would put a table in the middle of the ring And moonsault through it with nobody on it
2: Yeah, he always did that those and I asked things.
1: him in the locker room, I'm like, dude, doesn't that hurt your knees? And he pulled up his tights. You know what knee pads he wore? What? Volleyball knee pads. You ever seen them?
2: They're... It looks I like really, a pillow. They're, they're very... It's like there's a pillow padded. or a turnbuckle. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And he's like, I wear these, brother? And he slapped his knee real quick, and I'm like... But don't die I tried that way. Just talk about this in no, what I'm head. saying. Yes. This match is a... It's a clinic. And And I couldn't help but think when I was watching it, like... These guys, they're telling the story. I don't know if they worked the body part per se, but they kept going back to the arms. They kept doing reversals and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. If you had that same match today, and this is where the audience comes in, you would have the same audience reaction as Japan, but it would be because they're sitting on their hands, not because it was out of respect like Japan. Like mm-hmm. You'd have to have that match in Japan today because otherwise you'd get a boring chance. And that's sad to me. And that's well, probably half the reason these guys are doing all this high-risk stuff. You don't, you, so don't, you don't
2: think You don't think the evolution of even the fan base in America who thinks they're so smart and, and you know their shit don't stink, that yeah. they would mirror the Japanese fans knowing that that's out of respect to see what they saw. It would if, have to be two guys match.
1: they absolutely loved who could do no wrong. If it was mm-hmm. just two guys, like th- these guys aren't the main event. That's my point. They're just two guys on the card. The main mm-hmm. event is probably, Tizawa, but they got, an, but they got somebody. a rep and
2: they got a name, right. so we're not trying to discount what they. No, no, no. Do their but I'm saying
1: Kenny Omega versus John Moxley, you could do it. You mm-hmm. couldn't do it, Jungle Boy versus Sammy Guevara. They, someone, which first of all, they're both polarizing guys, so half the crowd's gonna chant boring no matter what because they hate mm-hmm. one or the other, right? Okay. Um, but I have a question for you. And, like, you think of things like, I never ask a lot of questions in the locker room because you were just told not to. Nowadays, you can fucking full-on interview a motherfucker, get an autograph, and then see him at the next show. But back mm-hmm. then, you couldn't. And I wonder, Tuko Scorpio versus Chris Benoit, when they saw that on the, on the call sheet, do you think they were relieved because they were wrestling a guy that spoke English? Or do you think they're like, damn it, I came here to wrestle the best, which would still be them, right? But well, I wonder if there was relief in wrestling someone that, A, you're probably familiar with and, B, you can communicate with. Because that's half the half the horror stories I hear when guys I knew would go to Japan is, dude, you just wrestle. You just got to look for shit. And if you don't catch what he's trying to do, like duck a clothesline, you're getting your nose broke
2: because they I, can't I can talk. An- I, think, I think I can answer this because too cold Scorpio because he started his career in Japan. So what do you do when you, you know, when you venture to a new country, you got to learn the language, some so, some words, at least. Yeah. You got to learn some words, at least. And Benoit was venturing there. So you, when you go to Mexico and you go to Japan, you got to at least get a sense of the language. So this way right. you can actually communicate. So yeah. if you're going to make that commitment going overseas, you better, you, you, there was no like a uh, tablet. There was no act to like translate right. from my English. Well, they to probably that language. have
1: translators in the back because you get yeah. assigned different people with you when you go there. But do you know that in Mexico, they work the opposite side?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like in the States, you work the left arm. In Mexico, yeah. you work the right arm.
2: It's and mirror, Hulk Hogan. Is the mirror, image. It's the mirror right. image.
1: And Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. is the only guy in America. Who did the fucking suplex on the other side. Everyone mm-hmm. else
2: did it the same way. Hogan did it the Mexican way. Not on purpose, right. just how he did it. Well, that—that that's the culture. But anyway, it was a great match, you could say, reflection know, because Elton John died today? Did he?
1: I just got an alert on my screen, but they said Elwin John. I think that's a typo.
2: Well, you know what? If, if Elton John died, then wow. uh, rest, El- rest in peace. Then rest in peace. Maybe, maybe he was, he has been sick, or he has been battling some illness. So, neither, you know, I'm not gonna say neither here nor there, but you know, rest in power. Hopefully, you know, maybe it's a different Elton or Eldin, but you know, they did a misspelling. But anyway, don't make me lose my train of thought, TW, because you know, you always are the purveyor of the death. You know, you're the gatekeeper. Damn, of death.
1: I'm not finding nothing online. So
2: no, well, thank goodness. Then it's it's fake news. Okay, thank God right. for fake news. But anyway. It was a beautiful match, Reflectionites, because they told a story. And, of course, the Japanese fan base and that Japanese culture, you know, he brought that style T.W. to WCW in 1992, and he made his, let's say, impactful debut tag-teaming with then-WCW heavyweight champion Ron Simmons, or I, I don't know if he was still the champion by then. I think he... It was maybe a couple of months before he lost the title, but neither here nor there. But you know what I'm talking about. He was the WCW Heavyweight Champion. So it was a coup to team up with Ron Simmons, the main eventer, in a tag team match at the Clash of Champions. So let's talk about the WCW career per se, T.W., since you saw him mostly there. Now, the presentation of two Cold Scorpio. You got to remember, he had, the, he had one of the funkiest uh, theme songs for WCW purposes. Everybody, here comes to calls Scorpio. They got the gospel girl, they got you know, they got he had the, the funk etch, you could say before they were even called funkets, they were doing this the two steps and all that stuff. So the presentation was there. It was kind of like I don't want to say brick house brown brickhouse brownish TW, but you know where I'm bring that with back this? up. No, 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 no. I'm not I'm not using <laughs> anything, but you know where I'm going with the, the flashy presentation, especially for the southern audience. But, you know, people can relate to that. It was kind of Brickhouse-esque, just to a degree. But in comparison to the Brickhouse, he was more athletic than Brickhouse. And again, he was more stockier than Brickhouse. And again, come you know, coming in, debuting with the WCW Heavyweight Champion, he is already a mid-carter slash main eventer to that highest he got degree. The rub. He got the rub. Challenge for the NWA Heavyweight title against Barry Windham at one of the Clash of Champions came up short. But then here's where I got a little. It got a little bit funky with politics. I don't know. And Chico Scorpio has said this in like Kfave uh, interviews. He doesn't. He doesn't like Ric Flair. He doesn't like the na- Nature Boy. He actually know that. He actually thinks that Ric Flair sabotaged his career. So it makes sense in my conspiracy theory, reflectionites. And I, this is just my own. I'm not saying that TW might uh my cosign on this, but maybe I might convince him. But it might have been a rib for two Cole Scorpio to team up with a virgin. And that virgin's name was Marcus Alexander Bagwell. He wasn't Buff Bagwell. So, you know, he had to carry a kid. And, of course, it's not, a, it, was not a, it was not unsuccessful, T.W. They were former, I think, two-time WCW tag team champions. But you get where I'm going with the conspiracy theory. He could have been a— He went Henry. from being with the champion to being with the rookie. Right. He could have been the U.S. champion. He could have been multiple time television champion. He was he was fighting for those titles, but he always came up short. So let's say you about two cold Scorpio in WCW. Well, I,
1: mean, I did see. It's funny because you said it before we recorded like this is 30 years ago. This is it's rusty memories. Right. But mm-hmm. I thought enough of them that I was a fan. Then I thought enough of them that I'm still a fan now and that. I was disappointed in the name change in WWE. I was disappointed how quickly he was gone. But he, again, wins and losses, not, not important in the grand scheme of things because his matches were good, right? It, you you can lose a match and still come out. Like, I, Razor Ramon versus Scott Hall, or Scott Hall versus Shawn Michaels is regarded as one of the best matches of all time, and I'm pretty sure Razor won. But I don't think Sean lost. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he went on to become world champion, and Razor didn't. And
2: Steamboat. Well, I, however, I, I think I know where you're going with the match thing, but yeah. the politics—they screwed him. They screwed if, him. Rick if Flair if I, screwed him because the if evidence I remember is there.
1: correctly, I think I was a fan of Buff Bagwell and and Too Cold.
2: And it's funny because the match you sent me, Buff's wearing oh before anything. It, the match I sent T.W., Reflection nights was from 1993. This was, this was maybe before or after they lost the tag team titles and before th- this tag team would become one of the top tag teams in WCW in 1993. And that was the Hollywood bl- Blondes of Stone Cold Steve Austin, Stunning Steve Austin, and Flying Bryant against Too Cold and Buff Bagwell. So go ahead, T.W.,
1: um wasn't elton john it was Elwin john who was an inmate at travis's prison and his other buddy matt is telling travis but it's dropping down on my screen anyway um okay. they're teaming up and too cold is wearing trunks not pants and mm. bagwell's wearing pants not trunks but they match they're both wearing white and bus got black and it's funny because normally two colds wearing pants and buff was the handsome stranger in the GWF wearing tights. And then Mm -hmm. I I do want to talk about this match because in the theme of the untapped potential, um, this match has a guy that WCW completely floundered and a guy that WWF completely floundered. And the one that WCW dropped the ball with went on to become arguably the most successful WWF wrestler of all time in stone cold, Steve Austin. And then two cold, who was kind of something to WCW goes to WWF and they do nothing with him and it's like, it's mm-hmm. the it's like wow what a difference two guys in the same boat, but one of them they turn into gold and the other one is there for a cup of coffee and I just thought man but this is so early in the Hollywood Blondes run that Pillman's wearing the the Bengals tights and Austin's mm-hmm. wearing blue and black.
2: Well, this was before you know again. Austin and Flying Brian felt like they weren't being pushed. So were they, even they had called this-
1: the Hollywood Blondes yet?
2: No, not yet. They yeah. were just called Austin. And, this is and, when, and, and then if you they, read they were book. honing in. Yeah, they were honing in on that and gimmick.
1: If you if you, re- if you read Austin's book, what you're saying about Too Cold and, and Bagwell, Austin straight up said it. Like fuck, I don't want to be in a fucking tag team with that guy, like at all. He didn't want to mm-hmm. be in a tag team. He said it was nothing against Brian. He just didn't want to be in the tag team. He wanted to be the man, right? And then uh, right. and then he ended up liking him so much, they just made it work. And I would hope the right. same happened with Bagwell and Scorpio. But well, With all the stories about Bagwell that we know about these days, I mean, he might have been hard to hang out with.
2: Well, you know, he's a professional. Cole is a professional. He made it work. And they were multiple-time WCW tag team champions. So for Cole's sake, it was semi-successful. But in my humble opinion, it was politics sabotage by rick flair if that's the case because again like i said reflection Ice, too cold does not have an affinity for nature boy rick flair because rick flair was you know right you know he was the booker to a certain degree in the early in in the 90s when he was in wcw so in that sense tw again f- forget about the politics again like i said with this match you even said it they weren't matching each other one was wearing regular trunks. And then of course, Marcus Bagwell was trying to look like, you know, the fresh face, all American kid. He didn't know what the fuck he wanted to be. The problem I had with, with this tag team, even though they were WCW tag team champions was too cold, you know, comes in with his music. And of course he can, you know, shuck and jive. And and I'm not trying to do that in in a, in a negative way, but you look at the white boy, (laughs) you look at Marcus Bagwell Nineteen twenty, whatever his age was at that time, you know he was the WCW Rookie of the Year. Can't dance a lick, but it was supposed to look funny that he could, he he has two left feet. I guess that's the way the presentation. Did they come out to the same
1: music, or do they come yes. out
2: separate? No, they came out together. That's
1: my pet peeve. That's going on in wrestling way too much now, where people are tag team champions and they come out to separate entrances. It's like, no, dude, be a tag team or don't be a tag team. Stop no, they came out,
2: No, both of them came out to uh, Two Cold's music. And both of them were dancing and one danced very horribly. Who came
1: first? Them or
2: high energy? Them. You sure? Yes. Wait, high three? energy of, of of which you mean Coco high energy? Coco and of, Owen. Coco and Owen. No, it might have been well, it might have been uh, it might have been high energy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This uh, this is probably but they
2: suck too. I know this, but it's probably their
1: way of stealing. We need a team like that. Every everything, someone's stealing. From that's someone.
2: not a that's not a good steal. That's a bad steal. At least <laughs> that that at least both Coco and and Owen had a rep. Marcus had no rep. He was being like he was a he handsome was stranger, man. No, 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 no. He it was white privilege. I'm gonna say this reflection. It was white privilege. He was gifted to be you know for a black man like Tuco Scorpio to carry his ass, and he you know got he got free money. That was white privilege. That's all I'm gonna say. But anyway. What say you about this match here, TW, with the Hollywood Blondes again? Well, like so you ma- said, Stone Cold wasn't happy to be in the tag team situation, but he made it work. This match was actually a good match per se, and of course, the Hollywood Blondes, you know, with the fuckery reflection ice, they did win. So what say So this isn't
1: going to add to it because this is this is looking at it through the eyes of a wrestler. Okay. Absolutely, 100%. I believe Austin was supposed to come off the second rope and hit Bagwell for that finish. Mm-hmm. And when he got in the ring, he looked. He was too far away. So instead of going towards the turnbuckle, he stopped and he just dropped an axe handle to his stomach while he had the perfect plex on uh, Pillman. And then Pillman got a three count. You you never see someone win a match for something like that. Like if it's not a title belt or a boot or something where he's hitting them while he's pinning a guy. But he just literally did this to his stomach,
2: and it, it's, it won. It's funny you say that. So let me ask you this question from a from a wrestler slash Booker sense when you see that kind of fuck up. Because who gets the blame? Do you blame Austin? Because again, you blame Bagwell. Bagwell. Oh, you blame Bagwell because he gave he the Fisherman too too far away. He, you don't blame you don't blame the other people like directing them better. You know how if like you, maybe Bill Watts, Watts or maybe like Dusty might the say. End, if you yeah. watch the end.
1: Austin gets in the ring, and he's going to climb on the rope, sees how far away they are. He's too close to one turnbuckle for Austin to use that one. Mm-hmm. So he's going to the nearest one, sees he's too far, and it says, screw it, runs and just drops a double axe handle, and then Bagwell gets pinned by Pillman. But if he would have came off the second rope, it would have looked more lethal. It would have mm-hmm. looked more like, okay, he would knock the wind out of him. But to just drop it on him, that's Austin covering for Bagwell's bad ring, uh, you ever hear ring general? That they know mm-hmm. where they're at in the ring. Yeah, Buff right. wasn't that yet. Uh, he okay. was not Buff yet, and he was not a ring general because he didn't know where the hell he was. He did it too Look, too far I'm, away. I'm
2: glad that even you said it, that Buff would get you know maybe chastised maybe in the back by Dusty or Bill Watts who like was you're too far the- away,
1: man. You got You got to be somewhere where he can reach you.
2: And, and I know Bill Watts if he was still running WCW at this time, I'm I'm not sure if he was on under probation. He probably would have like fined him. He would find a uh, buff bagwell some money. <laughs> you're like yeah. you're getting you're getting a fifty dollar fine for fucking up that finish or whatever the case may be. Because it
1: made him look bad. It made him look like they just you might as well get beat by a finisher standing in the middle of the ring if you're gonna get beat by a double axe handle to the stomach.
2: And that's where the conspiracy theory comes with the professor, with Ric Flair or Dusty or Bill Watts, kind of like shafting two school. Close- Maybe. I'm not going to say too cold Scorpio is a perfect angel in Reflection Nights. Don't get me wrong. We know that may- too cold has an attitude. I'm going to talk about that attitude. Too cold had a little, little of the cocaine problem, which was paramount to the WWF story, but I'll talk about ah. that a little bit later, which you already, I already heard the ah, so you understand why he, kind of I know, left. I didn't know. I, oh, he left prematurely, but he was released in 1994 from WCW Reflection Nights. But Released, the contract came up. No, released because wow. again, I think he had some words with Ric Flair because he was again the Booker at that time to to a degree. But he did one more commitment for WCW, and he did that you know that collision in Korea where the hundred thousand stadium Inoki against Ric Flair. He was working with Inoki's Japanese organization at the time, or he had a co promotion with All Japan. You know, they needed some uh, feeders. And Tukol was one of those people. He needed some bodies there. And infamously, Reflection Ice, if you did not watch Dark Side of the Ring, Tukol Scorpio did an international incident in Korea. (laughs) He beat the shit out of Road Warrior Hawk. He he talked about it at Dark Side of the Ring, but he did not want to fuck up Road Warrior Hawk, TW. He wanted to fuck up Ric Flair. And in Noki's people... Begged them. They were like, "Please, Scorpio, please save it for when we go back to Japan. Don't do it in Korea. You're gonna go to jail. Right. You are never gonna leave South uh, North Korea." So what say T.W. about? You they know? were in North Korea. Yeah, Kim Jong Un, Korea.
1: Yeah. What the fuck? I didn't know that's what that was. <laughs> yeah. WCW played with fire. They went to China, North yeah. Korea. Yeah,
2: for that collision in Korea. For that hundred thousand, wow. so we what's should have to re- we should review that show one day. I never heard or seen it. What's the ETW about, about that story? Like, he, you know, he was trying it. to be professional. He was trying to be professional. He, you he knew beat he had Road
1: Warrior Hawk's ass like
2: in a fist fight. Like Hawk yes. fought back. It, on a bus, Road Warrior Hawk was high. He was uh, drunk, but Tuka wasn't that wasn't that high. So he, he beat the shit out of him. So, what say you, you know, again, you're, when you're in Korea, when you're in a different country, not, you know, it's not a democratic nation. You know this. You know, you, you, you might do something, but what say you, TW, about what almost like slipping? To No, nothing. I mean, he beat him up, but, you know, let's say cooler heads prevailed. He didn't get arrested then. He didn't get arrested. But, you know, wow. what say you, like, you're a wrestler, you don't like somebody, but then, you know, you're trying to be professional but you don't care where you're at. What you that?
1: Uh, you know, it's funny you say that because I, I, I've been pretty blessed to not have people. I didn't like, if I was still mm-hmm. doing it, that probably wouldn't be the case. Cause there's people that I don't like anymore. Um, right. and mostly cause they've talked shit about me behind my back more so than I give a shit about anything else they've done or not done. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, the, the people who try to, you know, who know you in person and kiss your ass and then get on Facebook and then act like you're a different person. And and like you're, oh, you're this that, and yet that. now you've known me for 20 years. You never thought that about me once now because I vote Republican now I'm a misogynist, racist, homophobic, whatever. And they talk about it behind the scene, not on there where I can defend myself and put them in their place. But I digress. But mm. back when I was coming to the tail end of it, I would wrestle guys where I didn't want to wrestle them. Like I didn't want to be in there with him, kind of like Steve Austin taking his ball and going home because he didn't want to lose to Brock. And I think I told you the story. Even actually recently, I told you where I didn't even know the kid, but this kid was you know new kid. You know he's coming up, and he was a lot like me when I was coming up. Like tried to be a pretty boy. I know, looking at this, you wouldn't think that, but back then I was a little bit more of a pretty boy. And when I lost the heavyweight title in June, we'll say. And in July, they had the light heavyweight title tournament, and I lost in the first round to this kid who was on his third match. And mm-hmm. everybody was pissed off about it. And I just went in the ring, and I beat his ass for 14 and a half minutes, and then I had him roll me up in a small package when I body slammed
2: him. You, you gave him a receipt, and then, you know, And you I, I told the, the
1: kid, the entire time I was beating his ass, I cut him off. Everything he tried to do, I'd stop him, and I'd do something else. I think I took a couple bumps for him, but I said to him, kid, this ain't about you, and then when he beat me, the entire fucking venue, because I'd been wrestling there for three, four, five years, Mm -hmm. fucking booed, like, it was almost the Hogan, NWO, throw things in the ring, They people were stunned, and I was a good guy, Mm -hmm. so I couldn't even be like, screw you, to make them hate me, and I got in the back, and I never wrestled for them guys again, and everybody in the back was like, what the fuck, like, no one knew, and they, and because I guess you gotta, it. Tested to you me. I never sure made, made a big deal about it in yeah. the back. I just mm-hmm. went out there and ate that kid alive and then, you know, lost. And so right. uh, if if I had to wrestle someone I didn't like, I think I'd be able to do it. But I think you'd be waiting for them to to take a liberty and then they're mm-hmm. taking it back. I think I've talked about this before. One of my favorite moments in the history of wrestling was Mankind versus Shawn Michaels at In Your House where Michaels gets so mad at him, he just starts beating the shit out of him in the corner. And then in the middle of it, they go right back to working spots. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's 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 money right there. Because Foley just took it. He didn't swing back. And then they got the train back on the tracks after Sean vented and beat the shit out of him. And then I've never gone back and watched it, but there's another story where Bulldog was wrestling Vader. and I, And this is around that time, 93 or whatever, Remember, I think I told you this before. There was only like four guys that would wrestle Vader. Everyone else said, "I'm not working them It was Sting, mm-hmm. yeah. jack. Well, Let's
2: not let's not digress. I understand. You know i just wanna,
1: yeah. I just want to keep up with, yeah. People, people do this. Like obviously, Tuko wasn't going to get a match with Ric Flair. Right. Is is the big picture, right? right? But if he did, he could do things to Ric Flair, and Ric yeah. Flair would have to take it.
2: And that's an that's that was an investment that Inoki could not afford to lose, right? Right. So Road Warrior Hawk being the guy that he was reflectionized, he took, the, you could say he kind of was the sacrificial lamb. But, of yeah. course, cocaine and alcohol played a huge part of this, of the ass whooping that he took. But anyway, I, I digress a little bit here. So let's move on to, since he was released in 94, TW, he ventured into one of the most important organizations in the history of professional wrestling. And WWE? that is not, no. I, and I'm not being biased. I'm just being objective because I'm the most objective man in the IWC, YWC, PwC punditry. He ventures to Philadelphia, South Philadelphia to be. He
1: like, wasn't there before WCW?
2: No. Oh, I I thought he was in the ECW and then went to WCW. No, he was in WCW He was in WCW first. Then he was. Because that's when they started, fledged. 93, 94. Yeah, you're right.
1: 90,
2: oh 92. But anyway, again, that's a digression here. But Eastern? He yeah, it was Eastern, but he ventured into ECW in 94. Well, again, I'll, I'll answer it in this way, TW, because there was that supposed relationship between WCW and ECW. So they, you know, Tuco was part of that WCW squad and he was in the NWA heavyweight title tournament with Shane Douglas. He was in the finals. Of that NWA tournament with Shane Douglas, and of course, you know we already we already know that history of dropping the belt and then turn, you know, f- putting up that ECW torch. But neither here nor there. But he was there in '94. So, in and, and in my humble opinion, reflectionites, and I'll say this: the potential was met from '94 to '96 in, in ECW multiple time, ECW World Television Champion TW, multiple time ECW World Tag Team Champion. And during the time in ECW, he held the tag team titles and the television title at the same time, where he had the moniker Two Gold Scorpio. So that was another name for him. Becky Two Belts. Well, he, he was There wasn't Becky. There wouldn't have been Becky Two Belts if it wasn't for Two Gold Scorpio. So I just wanted to say I that. I like here. it. So the potential. You want to hear something ironic? Was that? The match you had me watch against him and
1: shooter Dean Malenko. Dean mm-hmm. Malenko was in one half of the tag champs and the very first TV champion.
2: Mm-hmm. That's Andy crazy. And he was part of the uh, Shane threat. Douglas's Triple Threat, the, one of the originals, the second yeah. incarnation of the Triple Threat. But that's not original. No, the original was him, Matt Bourne, and Hughes. But again, I digress on that.
1: Wow. When oh, yeah. when was the one with Lance Storm uh-huh. and Just Incredible or whatever? That's the fourth generation. That's not even. That's the one I thought was the
2: first. <laughs> no. Jesus Christ. That's why I'm the Matt professor. Hughes and Matt Bourne was the first triple threat. Mr. Hughes, Matt Bourne, or Born Again, Dorn. That was awesome, by the way. That I didn't even the, know that happened. That was the first incarnation of the triple threat. But, again, neither here nor there. So, again, the potential was fully, you know, shown out in ECW. He was a pillar I know you don't like that word, but he was one of the main players of ECW during that time. And one of the one one of the greatest memories of two cold Scorpio that I remember, because just like anything, you need a reason to watch ECW. And when I kind of stumbled onto it, there was a couple of reasons. The first reason was I noticed it was Cactus. I noticed Cactus Jack. So I knew him from WCW days. The second reason was Shane Douglas. And I remembered my dynamic new days. I saw him. But the third reason was seeing two cold Scorpio. So when I saw him, and of course, when he was in ECWTW, there was no filter. And you felt real. His promos felt real. You know, the presentation felt real. The dancing felt realer. So there was nothing that, you know, more real. Whatever. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. But there was nothing like, you know. Like I always, I can joke about it with you, and I can joke about it with the reflection eyes again. With the southern wrestling, we know the audience, we know the politics in ECW. He was free to express himself, and the audience base was not looking at him any other way except a great wrestler in ECW. What say you about two cold Scorpio, two gold Scorpio in ECW? And want to talk about the matches that you saw, and especially the match that you saw with him and Sabu in your neck of the woods, dude? I'm the the guy. It's funny because. The promo he
1: made before the match with Matt Bourne that I watched was probably the first time I ever seen him do a promo where it was that, like just a guy talking, right?
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: don't even remember any of his promos in WCW or Splash Funk. So I, he's always been a guy to me that that would have been his missing ingredient, would have been the talking. But then when I watched him...
2: Do that promo. That's why ride. I wanted you you to see that it wasn't about the the match. match. It was yeah. about it, the it, promo. That,
1: that was your most gracious short video ever. And the one where I thought, man, I would have liked to see it go on longer. Uh but I, I, I was happy seeing Matt Bourne, right? Um I liked him as big Josh, damn it. So and what a terrible gimmick that was. But uh mm-hmm. Wasn't he Norman's friend or something? I don't know how he got so don't, right. don't digress too much. Let's keep um, it on. But, oh. but he did a good, it was a real promo. Like, you would want, like, there was a couple, uh, uh you know, whatever. But he, he said what he needed to say. And I'm sure he only got better. And mm-hmm. I just, you know, again, I think, again, my, 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 Thoughts on ECW from what I was being shown in the after mags was thumbtacks and chairs and tables and Dudley boys and Sabu and Taz. And all and it was just not my cup of tea. But now that I've watched so much of it with you, I would have absolutely been all in on Shane Douglas. I would have been all in on um, RVD. I would have been all in on Too Cold. It, it,
2: he was a baby face, right? In ECW? Yeah. He was both. He was both babyface right. and heel. But I, I call him the ultimate. Him. He, was a, he was a real tweener.
1: Because I remember, and I completely forgot he was in the finals of that tournament, but I remember that Eastern Championship tournament to crown a new NWA world champion, and I remember seeing the footage because it was so controversial with the putting the... Uh, I don't even know how the fuck did you even watch that in 90-something. I've, I've seen the video. so. Yeah, the I tape how, trade. Yeah, but uh, nobody's trading, trading tapes with me. Someone must have just showed it to me, but... Mm -hmm. um but i saw it and and i and i appreciated it and and uh i forgot it was too cool it was a thing but then it became extreme championship wrestling and then i didn't hear about it and -hmm. then i saw what i saw would be scaffolds and you know what i mean like and again at my size back then a buck 80 buck 90 they would have murdered me there so i was like i have no interest in it if i wasn't wrestling if i was five years younger like say you and I just watched it as a fan. I would have been
2: all mm-hmm. in. I, I'm, cons- I'm convinced of it now, dude. You would have was- had a you would have had a banger with Scorpio in ECW. Yeah. That's that's just the honest truth. But you would have had to take a chair to the head. But again, neither Which here. It's fine.
1: Way. I took chairs mm-hmm. to the head with other guys, but I don't want to fall off a scaffold. I don't want to. That was the other thing. Every time I saw something was someone diving off a balcony three, three, three floors into okay, a Let's let, table.
2: Let's not, not go away from the stereotypes of ECW. i need to c- convince you on ECW. I'm just telling you that's all right. I ever but saw you, was with that The stuff, matches you saw no with Dean Malenko. The matches you saw with Sabu. I've never been a Dean Malenko fan. Mm-hmm. I never probably
1: will be a Dean Malenko fan. But I have a conspiracy theory after watching him in Too Cold. Oh, God. What, what is it? I didn't remember who won. Who the fuck won that? <laughs> anyway it was a one win and i fell asleep mm-hmm. dean malenko is Roderick strong's father there's no doubt in my mind they had, they had the same exact build they're both four foot nothing and uh yep they that's his dad there's no doubt and isn't he in aew dean malenko is he an agent or something
2: yes yeah why is that a conspiracy because he's roger strong's father no man his father is boris Malenko, man that's Dean's dad. You're right. Dean so now, Roderick, Roderick Strong, is Roderick. Strong. Is, is Roderick Malenko. Now you're saying that? Yes. I don't see it, it in mother. the chins. I don't see it in the mother. He took his yeah. mother's looks and his dad's build. Jesus Christ, what is wrong with you, man? I tell you what.
1: I wouldn't want to look like it's, Dean Malenko. You
2: see, you see Reflection. You see, he kind of... You know, when they move away from NXT and when they move away from WWE, you see these little pot shots that my man no. T.W. takes. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, 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 I yes,
1: just yes. told Travis yesterday, mm-hmm. as much as I hate to admit it, Broderick Strong is it better off in AEW than he would be. He will be, the ceiling is, there's still a ceiling, make no mistake, but the mm-hmm. ceiling is going to be higher than it would be if he left NXT and went to main roster. Like, I'm anxious to see where JD Magana, McDonough ends up, because I love that dude, and I can't
2: imagine he does well on Raw. Right. I just wanted to say one thing. At least with Scorpio and Malenko, they made the television— Well, of course, there was not that many titles in ECW. It was the heavyweight, the television, and the tag team titles, per se. FTR. But, but FTW. That wasn't a, a recognized title. But that he had it. Line. That was a storyline title. Let's not get it. You always digress too much. Let me stay on the let's it's stay a bell, on the plane. Stay about. on the plane. Let me stay Don't on the lose, plane. No one's champion. But, it, but anyway, the television title would be what TW would say: the workman's title, the workhorse title. And of course, Two Scorpio and Dean Malenko were perfect television champions, workhorse champions, whatever the case may be. So that was one of the most beautiful matches that at that time showed the beauty of ECW. Because again, with your perceptions which is, you know, I understand them and I respect them. But people forget not seeing two Cold Scorpio matches against Dean Malenko. Not the two Cold Scorpio matches against Shane Douglas, the two Cold Scorpio matches against Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, and, and so on and so forth. He hardly Storm, used chairs. RBD. No, but what I'm just saying is those matches should have, like, said, oh, okay, I understand that certain wrestlers do chairs and tables and thumbtacks. But these wrestlers don't need it. And they didn't really and they didn't really even want to use it. They wanted to show the purity and the sport of wrestling. What's ATW about that assessment? But that's f- fucking readily apparent in hindsight, but it was not in the magazines. So you know well, there it's, was an agenda. Everybody every magazine had an agenda against ECW. Well, they were making it an alternative
1: too. So I mean that I think that helped get them fans is seeing all that shit. And they, there's what's that group that's around now that met? Cardona wrestles. Fuck! I can't believe I called him Matt Cardona. Um, GZW or something? GCW. Yeah,
2: game That shit wrestling.
1: is what I thought ECW was, and it yeah, has that's, a following.
2: That's worse. You know? Yes. Mm-hmm, is that well,
1: where? Uh, where Dewey got the light bulb and almost killed him? Was it GZW? Dewey. Dewey. Fucking uh, Arquette. David Arquette.
2: Oh yeah, him. Uh, him against Nick Gage or Cage, whatever his name is. Yeah, gauge mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's not
1: was... i would want nothing to do with that and by mm-hmm. the way i know we're digressing we're going back modern. when the fuck did rj city turn 60
2: years old and start interviewing people for aew i don't watch that i don't really care about that AEW? i know i know i kn- no, i know what you're talking about i i just find it like I saw he's a guy it's pointless that... airtime for RJ City or whatever. I
1: met him five years ago when he mm-hmm. was here with David Arquette for the Border City show. Mm-hmm. And I thought, why is this guy not on TV? He, he, he had everything. He had a good look. He had a good moveset. He couldn't mm-hmm. talk. And then I finally see him the other day when I was watching three weeks worth of AEW. And I'm like, oh, shit. RJ City's there. And then he got beat up in two seconds. And as he's laying on the ground, I just see all this great hair and went, what the hell happened?
2: hmm yeah. is that all he is
1: there as an interviewer
2: i guess he he has one of those podcasts on aew like platforms or whatever so neither here nor there but anyway let's get Street back crazy. to this well let's get back to this two cold scorpio spotlight this untapped potential spotlight again the purity and the beauty of too cold scorpio you know his character was flaw. i wouldn't say flawless but it was so good in ecw i wish they would have like Pulled the trigger and made him an ECW heavyweight champion, but he never-, he never was, but there was a phone call. It was from Connecticut and it was from Vincent Kennedy McMahon. So of course we already know the logistics. We already know that Tuco Scorpio is a businessman and he knew that he was going to get paid more money going to WWF. He was going to get, you know, more eyes on him going to Monday no Night Raw. No more morning. ramen and raw potatoes, baby. Yeah. We're going to the shit. So hey, there is the, re- the that reality, but that reality came with a cost. So, depending on anything, I'm going to look at it from this way. In 1996, I was excited. I knew that he was leaving ECW in early 1996 CW. So, you know, the the fans didn't say you sold out. They gave him a standing ovation from his last match, and I forget who he fought last, but they gave him a standing ovation to ECW. They wished him well, but in the back of our minds, we're like, don't fuck this up, Vince. You got somebody that can be a mid-card Intercontinental Champion, bar none. He could have took the torch from Shawn Michaels and had those banger matches with the IC title, you know, WrestleMania-style with ladder matches. But again, neither here nor there. But... Vince McMahon had other ideas because I guess Too Cold Scorpio owns the copyright and the trademark of the name Too Cold Scorpio. Vince McMahon thought to switch up him, switch up the name so he can, you know, make money off of his name for the merchandising purposes. That name became Flash Funk. He had the pomp and Papa Durbin, whatever hat is. He looked like a 70s pimp. He had the, the long coat. He had two Funkadactyl wannabes, you could say. They were first. They were first, but I don't care. That's that's that shows you why I didn't really care about the gimmick. Once Funk I saw them once I saw them once I saw him come down that ramp with the funkettes and that god awful music.
0: Flash yes, the
2: fans didn't like it. And and you know why I I could tell the fans were so like disgusted. Because that that fan base was the ECW fan base. That fan base was the Monday Night War fan base, where we were trying to watch all of that stuff. And if you was really, you know, if it was tape trading or just knowing who he was in ECW, we knew that shit couldn't fly. We barely got, you know, that man, you know. And I'll digress a little bit. When Cactus Jack went to went to WWE as Mankind, we were like, "What the fuck is this?" But the character Super he made it Jr., work. He made it work. Flash funk, he try as he might, he couldn't make flash funk work because we couldn't accept it. So let's say ETW again. Now you see your man as Flash Funk, not as Scorpio, not as too gold Scorpio, not as too cold Scorpio, but Flash Funk.
1: He immediately didn't like it. I'm like, what the fuck? But then he took his shit and then he wrestled in a horrible fucking like Elvis Presley fucking disco fucking jumpsuit. But he still wrestled like he did. He still did all this stuff. So I was like, you know what? Beggars can't be choosers. I'm I'm just going to cheer for him. And I I started wrestling by then. So, you know, matter of fact, that was after I already met him. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So I was happy for him on one hand very disappointed in that name man i i just remember thinking why why and i know now as a grown up a grown grown grown-ass man i know first of all they're not all going to be hits uh the ringmaster steve austin uh second of all i get it you want ownership of the product and all that um he ain't the first guy to do it won't be the last um I like that more and more guys get to keep their name in both promotions. I, In a perfect world, that should be how it always is. And it used to be that way. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I, I've seen it. I've seen guys come to WWE, come out, and the fans had no reaction to them, and they were huge in WCW. And I'm just sitting there thinking, what? How How do you not have a reaction to this guy, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. I don't even think I've told you this. And I was still on the fence about this guy at WrestleMania last year. I had, I was so afraid people weren't going to react to Cody being there, but I think the reason it was the safe place to debut was it was fans from everywhere. If it would have just been LA fans or wherever the hell it was, you, there's chance they might not know that that guy.
2: That was Texas last
1: year. Yeah. So, but say it wasn't WrestleMania, say it was Texas and it was King of the ring and he debuted. There's Mm -hmm. a chance no one knows who he is if they don't watch both shows. They might remember him from back in the day, but when he comes out looking like the bad guy in Lethal Weapon 1 with the blonde hair, Mm they're like, who the hell is this guy? But I think because it was WrestleMania, I I, I honestly think no matter what, he was getting that reaction. But I'm saying I was afraid that if he came out and didn't get a reaction, it would be like, well, ain't nobody from AEW ever coming here. Because why would you? If they don't know uh-huh. Cody, they sure the hell ain't going to know uh, Frankie Kazarian or you know whoever else would leave and come here. But but yeah, so Flash Punk comes out. They change names because sometimes people don't even know who the person is. Mark Merrill, that one pissed me off too. But uh-huh. it's the opposite. They couldn't call him Johnny B. Bad. But you know what I wanted them to call him? Johnny B. Good. Fuck it. You went from Sid Vicious to Sid Justice. You can go from Johnny B. Bad to Johnny B. Good. I hated that he was the wild man. Mark Merrill. Flash Funk and Mark Merrill. Two guys who I absolutely thought the world of as Johnny B. Bad and two cold Scorpio. And Mm -hmm. was happy. They're the one and one a of people where I was like, what the fuck's going on here? Like instead of just being happy for them
2: being there, I was mad that they got different names So, in essence, he could beat somebody like the Goon as the match I showed you. So we don't really have to talk about that match. It was basically a squash match. But, again, he can't beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. He can't beat The Undertaker. He can't beat Kane. He can't can't have that. And you can see, like, the regression from, like, what Vince maybe – Like you said, like like Vince was high on him, but when Flash Funk didn't get over because, again – we couldn't accept it. And again, that fan base was watching all three. And you could tell it's like, why did they do that? They fucked it up. So you could tell the regression. And he you know what it almost t- felt like. What
1: it's funny you bring up the goon, obviously, because we talked about the match, but it felt like a goon, TL Hopper, uh Rad Radford. It felt like they took someone we knew and mm-hmm. gave them a gimmick, but they were still a jobber. Like right. they're gonna beat each other so they get wins. But when they wrestle everybody else, it was basically an enhanced jobber,
2: right? And that's what Too Cold became. He became an enhanced jobber with a gimmick of being a seventies pimp named right. Flash Funk, and then he shortened his name to Scorpio. He was part of the Job Squad with Al Snow in ninety eight, and then because he was addicted to cocaine, he was addicted. You know, he smoked reefer, you know, daily on on the tours. He actually got fired, TW, because. In '99, if I remember the story, so he was correctly. there three years. Yeah, he was there three years. Wow. He he was fired in '99 because during that week they were to- they were touring in the Colorado Phoenix area. So he had he was he bought tickets for his family, but he no showed to the to the place because he was high. <laughs> Jim Ross was like, "You need to get help, right?" So So this is the story because Tukol even said it himself. Do me a favor. If you really are serious to want to clean clean up your act, call me at Monday at 8 o'clock. I'm just giving you a, a time scenario. Right, right. Too cold, got high on Monday, and called him Tuesday at 8 o'clock. And Jim Ross had to say, we're going to have to let you go. That was it. That was the test to see if he was serious enough to want to get help and you know be um, off the road. So, T.W., what say you about that? You print, you buy tickets for your family and you no-show to not even to perform in front of your family. I don't think you would ever do that. You would never do that. You, you would know what the wanna... internet would do? The internet what? would go, what a bunch
1: of bullshit. He gets a house built up with his family and then they didn't even use him. That's what the internet community would have said. Mm-hmm. You ever hear that story about uh, Chris Chelios and the Winter Classic?
2: What, that he bought tickets for his family? and he, he, he The he whole
1: family it? came in, and Mike Babcock was like, I'm not playing him. And uh, the GM, Ken Holland, was like, dude, play him, play him. And he's like, okay. So he dressed seven defensemen, mm-hmm. never played him the whole game. And at the end, for the last ship, he said, Shelly, let get out there. And Shelly looked at him and said, fuck you. The whole time, he had his son handing him beers through the fucking glass and was getting hammered on the bench while he was playing. And told oh, wow. Babcock to fuck
2: off. Hey, but what a know. dick move by Babcock, right? Oh, yeah. But this is the opposite. Scorpio dicked himself because of the cocaine, right, because right, of the right. and all that stuff. So it, it, I kind of found that story. It, it's, it's a tragic irony. It's funny now in hindsight because, again. That's, too
1: but that's when you know you need help, when you're not yeah. excited to wrestle in front of your family because you're out getting high.
2: Yeah, so he, he was released from his contract in 1999. Uh, you know where he probably
1: picked up that drug habit?
2: Where? Philadelphia. No, I'm not. Gonna, I ever tell I'm you gonna. about
1: the Raven in the middle of our locker room?
2: Dude, I, I already know the ECW locker room stories with Sandman, Raven. No, in our locker room. Oh, what? He just he said, hey, if any
1: of you guys want to get high, any street, any city that has a Martin Luther King drive Boulevard, go there. You'll find drugs. He told mm-hmm. everyone in our locker room that. Well, yeah, some guy was asking around for drugs and I'm like, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so, hey, if, you, if you were from around here, you wouldn't go anywhere near our Martin Luther King drive, at least not at mm-hmm. night.
2: So let me condense the, the latter part of uh, two cold Scorpio's uh, career after getting released in 1999, he would venture back to South Philadelphia, born and raised. He went back because of course, Paul Heyman needed bodies. So, right. you know, during that time of the financial crisis, but too got his money. He was, he, he ain't gonna mess. You don't mess with two money. Can't do coke you, without money. That that's true. What, but what he, dark he, side he, of the ring was his, was it him? No, it was, was it, the, ECW? it was, it was, it was collision in Korea, uh, dark side oh. episode, but he went back to ECW in 1999 and 2000. So, you know, it was a, nostal- you could say a nostalgic celebration of two Scorpio's, you know, he, he was there to get people over. But we knew we knew that he would venture between here and, of course, in Japan, where he would go extensively to Pro Wrestling Noah. You know, he, he was one of the I'm not going to say pillars, but he jump started that promotion, T.W. Pro Wrestling Noah, with himself. Was he the and Black Zombie there? Probably was that that name was you know that that name was more for the j- Japanese audience. So him and Van Vader were in Pro Wrestling Noah, and they were tag te- the GHC Tag Team Champions. And he was a GHC, a hardcore champion to a degree. So, and of course, Reflection Knights, he has, he's never retired. He's been fighting everywhere. He did Ring of Honor. He does these indie sh- promotions. And TW, the last uh, Peace day resistance of a match I showed you was in actually late 2022, early 2020 Thress, where he was in a triple threat. That's a celebration in itself. Himself. RVD and Enzo Amore having a triple threat match. And it doesn't matter who won or lost. It didn't really matter to me. It was just seeing two cold Scorpio and R V D still doing what they love to do at their particular And guess ages. what they
1: did in that match? What did they do? They worked arm bars, they worked reversals, they worked headlocks, they worked takedowns. It was a thing of beauty. The only reason I wanted to kill you when I was watching this match is you sent me some fucking stupid fat kid fan cam video. And then when RVD landed on the floor in front of him, he just had the camera on RVD for five minutes. The whole time Enzo's finally working with Scorpio because everything Enzo did was
2: comedy until then. Because that's a fan. I mean, what's he going to do? He got distracted. That was his main. Put well, uh, regular video camera footage up. Dude, we're talking about high school here, man. What do you expect? So it was big time wrestling. It was Bobby Fulton. Probably has a
1: video on YouTube of it. Hey, hey it, is it is. Do you know who Bobby
2: Fulton is? Of course. The Fantastics. Oh. Jesus Christ. Jesus. Easy, not don't, don't, don't insult the professor. Easy, blasphemer. This is, this is not a gimmick. This is a lifestyle when I call myself <laughs> a professor. But anyway, T.W., Tell the, tell the marked cards. And the reason I wanted to show you this match for a different reason, because being 55, 56, 57 years old, you cannot wrestle like a 20-year-old, you know, Sammy Guevara. You cannot wrestle like the Young Bucks right now. Tuko Scorpio can still do a couple of moves here and there, but, you know, you can't beat Father Time, and you have to change your style. Agree, disagree, have a different date.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, however, I believe him and RVD both are doing shit off the top rope still. No, no, I'm not saying that they don't do it, but I just yeah, no, no, they, they don't do gonna... it as often. Right. Or he ain't doing no three and a half flips and landing on his leg mm-hmm. or his ass as a leg drop. But he looked good. I I thought, you know, he looked older for sure. I, mm-hmm. Most importantly, I think him and RVD both looked like they were having fun. Um, me personally, I'm not. Obviously, we're all part of the iwc right it's just the Mm -hmm. way we're on the internet talking about wrestling we're part of it whether we want to be or not and for the record and for the 13 people to listen to us when we say that we're not talking about everyone we're talking about the fucking squeaky wheel we're talking about the fucking handful of idiots that ruin it for everybody else who like you said think they're so smart and their shit don't stink or whatever um i i don't i i think he was exonerated i'm not sure But I'm not one of these people who wants to hate somebody. So, Enzo, I hate I hate that no one wants to give this guy a chance. And one of the things I thought was good for Bobby Fulton, because I bet you at least one or two people said, "You sure you want to book that guy?" Yeah, I want to book that guy. Book that guy, right? Mm -hmm. Um, If he murdered somebody, if if he raped somebody, by all means, Bobby Fulton, huh? Bobby Fulton, Enzo, Enzo, Jesus Christ. I just think this guy has a passion for the business. I think he has a knack for it. And mm-hmm. I, I was happy to see him in there with RVD and Too Cold. And one of the things that he showed me in this match was that he respects those guys. Because all he did was make them look like a million bucks. He didn't care about anything else. That's the guy that respects the business. So the other guy that I feel that way about is... Um, and I've never seen this guy wrestle one time. Mm-hmm. And no matter what people think, there's there's details matter. Um And if you're somewhere where something is okay, but it's not okay here, it's not your place to judge. You judge that entire country. You don't judge the person who's doing what you're allowed to do in that country. In my opinion, no matter how Mm -hmm. right or wrong it is to me, Marty Skrull, another guy who seems to have it. Uh, I feel every time I see Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins, I think this guy probably stole this from Marty Skrull. I don't even know that much about Marty, but I know that when I see Seth Rollins, he makes me think of that guy. And so, it's it's probably the outlandishness because everything yeah. I ever seen with him was a top hat and feathers and stuff you, like that. You,
2: you know where you can see Marty Skrull matches. No, Ring of Honor. Good. Back then I'm going to watch it. 2017, watch it. 2018, he was there. So just giving you the heads up. No, 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 no. no. I mean, right now, he this guy can't make a living because someone accused well, him. Well, he wrestles something. in Mexico. That's all he can do. That's all. Good, that's the only good. Place I can Good. Then at the least football. he's making money
1: because I just I think and, and the latest one, I don't know the story. I do know. That every woman's not telling the truth. I know that. And and, and for people to, to believe the victim. First of all, I got to believe she is a victim for me to believe her, Right. And the ones who are victims, I'm 100 percent in their corner. But there are so many manipulative women in this world who just accuse people. And then everyone believes that you just ruin that guy's life. And he may or may not have done it. And the latest one is the guy who used to be with uh, American Pitbulls or whatever the hell they were called where he retired and then he unretired
2: maybe oh, like, Richards
1: gonna, yeah i'm going to fight this shit uh, the dude from that place Kane Jonathan Majors he's going through it right now where there's people showing videos this girl supposedly broke her hand and got a black eye from this dude yeah 5 minutes later she's drinking in the bar with that hand is supposed to be broke so at least question it i'm not mm-hmm. saying he didn't do it but at least prove it
2: if you if you so Enzo versus uh Scorpio oh, versus... By the way, reflection reflection, this political... No, nah, not political, it's but not this, political, social this, by, this social com- t- commentary by TW is sponsored by Ultra Bright Beer, the I, only I, beer I, that will be straight for you. But anyway, go yes. ahead, TW. Is that a real thing? What? Ultra Bright Beer? Ultra Bright Beer. Yeah, that's a real beer. They're that's going a anti- anti- that's anti-Bud Light? A, that's, a, that's anti-Bud Light, Yeah. The- Oh, dude, that's sold in your neck of the woods. I'm gonna crack a can
1: of that. I'm gonna look into it. I'm gonna crack a can of that on next week's episode. Well, we're taking a week off, you said, but anyhow, I'm glad you added that match in there because a, I'm happy to see two. I'm happy, dude. The timing of you sending that. After I just had my heart broke Friday night looking at RV, looking like Danny DeVito, I'm like, what? What What happened? This guy was just ripped in Impact Wrestling a week ago. What the hell happened? So to see mm-hmm. that match and to see it was 2023, late 2022, I, I was like, Phew. all right. He, has, he hasn't let himself go like I did. But uh, it was cool to see. And, and again, I'm not defending Enzo, right? I know there's mm-hmm. many people think he's a piece of shit. That's great. But he was he was innocent. But he's anyway. yet to be convicted of anything. He was exonerated. I think if he was a nicer person, he probably got his job back. But he mm-hmm. wasn't. I still don't know what's
2: going on with Velveteen Dream. Uh, okay, let's, let's not go into that social no, no, comment. I'm just let's saying just keep it. I just think I love you, TW, but you you keep you ramble to this no, way.
1: I just want to put a pin in it. I'm again, I'm I'm, saying, I'm just saying for the record, I'm not defending you, put, you any don't put of these a pin, you put people. darts. <laughs> <laughs> not a pin. I want to put a bow on it. I want to wrap it up. Okay. Um I, I'm not defending any one of these guys. I don't know enough right. about any of the situations to say they didn't do it, but what I'm saying is not one of them's been convicted of anything. Oh, uh, okay. I really. I don't even get me started about the dick toss guy, because I, I clearly think don't... Think no, again. no. I'm saying, I'm saying, when these people come after him, this dude had to get a job working at Disneyland, and then they got him fired there, too. It's like, come on! This is mm-hmm. what makes guys go drive into warehouses with bombs and detonate them, because you've just taken away the reason to live because they can't feed themselves. I think people need to lay off people and wait. The Dan Bongino rule. that'll probably make some people mad. Wait 24 hours before you decide to make a comment on some shit. Let the details come out before you just bury people for the sake of burying them so my whole point all this is thank you for including a modern day match to cold scorpio that made me feel good about two other people who one i thought became a walrus but he's still in shape and
2: the other one to put a bow to put a bow on it you just said it yourself to cold scorpio looks great for his age at 57 i hope i look like that to cold scorpio wrestles a little bit slower but he's wrestling a little bit he's wrestling a lot more smarter. Does a does a, a, a four fifty here and there, and don't get me wrong, reflection nights. But he can't, you know, he can't like do a springboard. Like ain't he ain't doing it five nights a week. He ain't doing it five nights a week. So he does it when it's, I guess the word is when warranted. It's special. warranted or special to do it and big time wrestling was the perfect opportunity to do that and of course his opponent being enzo amore and mr monday night mr pay-per-view rob van dam was apropos to doing it so let's put a bow on to cold scorpio again i'm gonna say this he is untapped potential and that is no disrespect to to cold scorpio he has had an exemplary career that a lot of wrestlers would love to have his career his pedigree the accomplishments again ECW multiple time champion, WCW tag team champion, Japan multiple championships there. WWE, we could you know he got paid. I'll say that, but Mexico, Mexico again champion there. So what's the ECW? You always do this to me. I love you for that, but you always do this. You want to say Tim Buck too, if you wanted to, if he wrestled there. But anyway, let's say T.W. Put a ball on two cold Scorpio and keep it with two cold Scorpio. Put it with Mister. Oh, oh, I'm glad.
1: I'm glad we did it. Um, I, I, for one, wasn't sure he was still wrestling. Got to see that. I found out Matt Bourne had a swan song before he died tragically, and it was because of two cold Scorpio wrestling him and and all the other stuff. He. I didn't know all this, the dark side of him and to, to paraphrase dark side of wrestling, I didn't know he had problems. Um, mm-hmm. it actually makes me feel better. Like at least there may be some reasoning behind he, he got in his own way. Like I say about Scott Hall all the time. And, uh, doesn't mean I love either one of them any less. Um, mm-hmm. I'm glad we did it because, you know, I thought we were going to do it on someone else. So when you, when you pulled his name out, I was like, all right, but I am going to go in my garage I'm gonna find my Flash Funk figure, and I'm gonna put it in this room somewhere until they make a Too Cold Scorpio Legends figure somehow, some way. I'm gonna make it happen. I'm gonna write
2: it, people. It, it. Well, tweet, tweet Too Cold, tweet WWE, tweet Triple H to see I'm if I tweet, tweet Mattel.
1: I'm gonna tweet Zack Ryder and his buddy, the other one. I'm gonna tweet and uh, Ringside Collectibles. We're gonna make tweet. it happen. There's Sweet so many people and, making uh, wrestling
2: figures. Tag, tag me, right me and now. tag T and I'll retweet it for you. So, you know. All right. With I'll that do that, being that.
1: They're making so many. So many right. companies are making wrestling figures now. There's no reason not to.
2: Right. With that being said, we close on this PWR Spotlight untapped. Potential addition with two cold Scorpio and because TWC has had a, an exemplary attendance record for the professor You know, he only took one one week off, you know when he was running and hiding from big ray But that's neither here nor there. I forgave him But he deserves a week off. I deserve a week off. So we we pack in two weeks So I don't know what we're gonna do but we're gonna take the the week off because we both need a I had an to idea. Charge the batteries. What's that
1: I had an idea? It's only a two-hour show too.
2: What is that? Clash of Champions 1. I think we did that. I, I've never seen it. So how could I have done it? I've seen Blair versus I think personally. I did that. I did that with Trav uh, and I did it with Ray. What but, about collision collision in Korea. That's not a 2-hour show. That's a 2-day that's that's a 2-day show. Yeah. We, <laughs> that's a two- we can condense. Well, I'll think about it. Just that you gave me a suggestion. Maybe my I might do a Clash of Champions one remix with TW since you never saw it. So I'll put that in the in the in the laboratories TW. So with that being said, give out those socials so we can get out of here and go on our little mini vacation.
1: All right, the Pro Wrestling Coalition Network sponsors us. You can find them at PWC Network at Podbean.com, Hammy Media Group at Podbean.com, Hammy Media Group Channel Attitude.com. Our show is at PW Reflection. We should just let Jay couponer take over our Reflection handle. Um mm-hmm. every tweet notification I get is because he liked it, retweeted it, or added me to it. So um team couponer so at pw reflection um big ray every single social media avenue i'm sure if you type in at big ray hernandez you will find him and by the way big ray i tried following uh the a show on that other video platform you that-
2: didn't you didn't condense it together
1: no i i when I click the thing, it makes me sign in and I don't know my password. So I went oh. just to the thing and searched for that, searched for her, searched for the show, couldn't find it. But if he wants to just give me another way, I'll look for it. But yeah. at Big Ray Hernandez at all avenues of social media, um, at Tommy Wonder19 is my Instagram and my original Twitter, Snapchat number Wonder, Facebook.com backslash Tommy Wonder, at the Tommy Wonder is my wrestling Twitter and my TikTok. And then Big Vito and Noel can be found at BigVitoBrand.Wixsite.com W I X S I T E, Patreon.com backslash the Big Veto brand. And then you can watch the early release of reflection videos at twitch.tv backslash the Big Veto brand.
2: And you can find me on my Twitter. We don't have, if we're not doing the warrior, what the hell? See, you digress every which way. I love you for that. But anyway. You can find me on my Twitter at pwsoprof. That's pwsoprof, and this gets uploaded by A Track Brown. This will be on the pwso YouTube networks. Follow my brothers in arms, Billy Ray Valentine at ob when you know me, and of course A Track Brown at the number eight T R A C Brown. And again, we're gonna be off for a week, take a little week vacation, and we'll be back bigger and stronger. Maybe we might do a Clash of Champions one remix edition maybe we might do another episodic episode we might go back to the movies we might do robberies we might do another spotlight we might do maybe greatest heel turns greatest baby face turns i don't know i, I keep you on your toes reflection that's i keep you on your toes what about
1: That'd greatest be- returns
2: Ooh, see now that's one <laughs> see that's what now, now we, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this for the week i think i'm gonna go with that Another Pro Wrestling Spotlight Greatest Returns Edition. Jesus Christ, we already did that. See TW already did it. He's gonna lead the show. He's gonna host that show. That's gonna be all you. I'm just gonna you be mean? the I'm gonna be the co-host. What do you mean you're we gonna, already did it? No, I'm saying you're gonna do
1: it. You're gonna so, be you're gonna host it. You're gonna pop in my head right away. I mean uh, that's not really much to
2: talk about except for the return. Actually actually three. But, no, no. But, I, we're gonna do it differently. Okay. We're not gonna do a return by one. We're gonna do our greatest memories of returns. Different. Oh, like a top yeah. five. Yeah. Damn, look at that. There you go. See, I'm thinking
0: with you. But with that being said, I'm the professor. That's Mr. Wonderful, Dr. Freakenstein, dum and it So, B. Tommy I Wanna saying
2: good night, and we'll see you in two weeks with a brand new edition of the PWR podcast here at the Hami Media Group at Pobbeam.com. Peace. Deuces. You're supposed to dance. You're supposed to. I, I, couldn't, I dancing. couldn't
0: settle on too code, Scorpio or Flash, Funk. I didn't know how could, that one. Went. You could have. You could have sang either one. But anyway.